no one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. Welcome to another edition of First and Pod. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. Every game, every week, every team. Coming to you live from after Chiefs and Chargers. Uh, probably the best game of the day. Pat Mahomes remains undefeated in road division games, which is just insane. Travis Kelsey, his last three catches of the games, uh, all go for touchdowns, the greatest tight end to ever do it. He's making that run at Gronk. And if the Chiefs would have lost this game, Pony, there would have been five teams in the AFC at 7-3, and but they remain a game up on the rest of the pack. Pretty incredible performance by the Chiefs in the second half today. Yeah, when we missed you earlier in the week, we were talking about Kansas City, Danny. And I had mentioned to Zach Gelb, who was filling in for you, that um, you get desensitized to it. That you either get desensitized to the Chiefs doing stuff like this, or you're just kind of fatigued by it because it happens so often. I think tonight was a little different, though, because it was a higher scoring game and it was kind of tit for tat for a lot of the game. And uh, my biggest takeaway is actually that I feel like for the Chargers, there's going to be a big what if with this team for a very long time. Because the NFL, it seems like the the two teams or the, the two types of teams that win championships are teams that are on uh, rookie deals with quarterbacks or just teams that are quarterbacked by Tom Brady because he takes less and they used to circumvent the salary cap and just dump money into TB12 for him in New England. Yeah, of course. And right. So with, you know, with the Chargers, it's like, what is this for Herbert year three? Yeah. Yeah. So they're running out of time and it's not going to happen this year. They're going to have to fight their asses off to even make the playoffs with him this season. All the injuries hit again this year. They get swept by by the Kansas City again, and they could have easily swept them. They could have been 2-0 and against the Chiefs, and it could have been an entirely different season for both teams. Those are yeah, both the Chargers, of games went to Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, because Mahomes and Andy Reid, you know, we look for reasons to pass the baton. To, to Buffalo or to the Chargers preseason. Which and, you and I both did. Which you and I both did. Right. Exactly. And and here they are. You know, I I told you, you made fun of me a couple weeks ago that like I'll just probably never learn and bet the Chargers every year. Like I I think I think Herbert just passes every eye test like so unbelievably that I think that he is the type of guy that that can win uh when he gets paid. On, on that type of contract, it's going to be real tough with, with Pat Mahomes in the division, who's, as I mentioned, 14-0 and in road division games to start his career. It's absolutely remarkable. Um, the Chargers, man, all these injuries, like Mike Williams has the amazing catch on the sideline, comes down, re-aggravates the ankle yep. injury, isn't able to do it. Keenan Allen comes back from the hamstring, has the fumble, comes back, makes the great catch down the field, but like they still don't have Rashawn Slater. Like, they just they just can't get all of their guys there, um, but just a minute of Travis Kelsey appreciation. He's doing that. I, I know Derwin James had his moments on him, 
but like it's the best safety in football. Yeah. And he is just like, for the whole game, they're like, oh well, you know, he had three catches, no big deal. Finishes the game with six catches, three touchdowns, a hundred plus yards. He is unbelievable. The guy's what, 32? 33? Like he he's gonna go down as having one of the longest primes of a tight end ever. Well, Tony Gonzalez said the same thing. He just, you know, Kansas City moved on and he did some of it in Atlanta at the tail end of his career. But it's interesting that both Kansas City tight ends, Hall of Fame tight ends, were guys that even thrived late in their careers. Yeah, and and, and Tony G was like the catches. But this is, the touchdown numbers are just crazy. Um, he He is so incredible. And... We talked so much about Tyree Kill, but it's like a Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and and they make the rest of it work. They they are a deserving favorite right now. With uh, so now four teams in the AFC at seven and three, and we'll of course get to them over the course of the show. As I drop my phone here, here we go. Uh, it's good to be back midseason form. All right, Dallas Minnesota it was the game of the day. I heard you on FanDuel TV. Pick Minnesota. Yep. Nice pick. Yeah. Here's the truth. I actually convinced our buddy Nick Wright in our picks contest to pick Minnesota too, even though in the group of my buddies in the when we have got the circa million entry, we we had the Cowboys. So I didn't have a lot of conviction on this game, but you you seemed to. What went wrong? Everything. It was a Murphy's Law game. If you're a Minnesota backer, I guess they were due. That was why there was a lot of uh, smart people that backed Dallas because they thought Minnesota was due for one of these games. I don't know if they expected it to be the second worst home loss in franchise history and actually by margin of victory, the greatest Cowboys road win of all time in the entire history of the franchise. They did that today. Um, You know, Sort of like what I said about the Chargers, Danny. Don't you think there's going to be some of that about Tony Pollard? Like, he was the star player for Dallas today. And they found a way to make both he and Zeke work. Zeke finished drives. Pollard did it with his on the ground and as a receiver. Just huge plays. And it's like, I just wonder, like, if they had gone to him and made him their feature back from the start of the year. I think they, I think what an extra win at least is, is well, that yeah, unfair? And I mean, and you could even go back further if they would have decided not to pay Zeke, you know, what happens with that cap money? Where do they spend it? Where else are they better? Pollard is uh, clearly more dynamic the, the workload thing I do think matters. You know, that crazy stat from a couple of weeks ago with never having more than 14 carries in a game. But he's clearly more dynamic. And the run after the catch and the burst is just is just obvious. I, Minnesota's been fraudulent, man. To be 8-2 and two and have a negative point differential is crazy. Ten, 10 games into the season. Are we sure that Dallas isn't the best team in the NFC. They're an eight and a half point favorite over the also seven and three giants on Thanksgiving, eight and a half points mm-hmm. in a division game of seven and three teams. That's crazy. Well, they were the highest scoring team in the NFL last year. 
to go along with Micah Parsons. And you know, there was better talent at the top of the NFC last year with the Packers and Bucks. So yeah. really what's happened, in my opinion, is that they pretty much stayed the same. And the top teams around them, like the Rams, Bucks, and Packers, have gotten worse. So, you know, it's really going to come down to that age-old thing of like, you know, once we get to January, does the pressure of those games, does it impact a team that we don't really take their head coach seriously? And their quarterback really hasn't gotten it done outside of like the wild card round. You know, I mean, that's just. Yeah, their their defense, the first, it was the first eight games, right? They, or the first, first seven games averaged 15 points per game allowed. And then it shot then, way up and they were bad against the run, really bad against the run. Yeah, then the Bears and the Packers lit them up. And then back again today against Minnesota, they put, they only allowed three points. It's crazy, man, to watch a game that has a $160 million quarterback in Prescott. Justin Jefferson, one of the three. He had three catches. For, I know. For, for Offensive Player of the Year. Dalvin Cook, all that talent on that field. Micah Parsons is just clearly the best football player on the field. He is insane. Parsons and Pollard were their two best players. And probably yeah. and... Neutral, yeah, I... neutral, neutral field. Philly, Dallas. Dallas favored? Right now, I would say yes. I would. I would, too. I would, too. What was that line when Cooper Rush started in Philly? Six and a half? That sound right? Was it I think more? so. When do they... So, it's, they get they get them Christmas Eve. So, we still got... We've still got... We've still got some time, but... Yeah, right now, right now, I think Dallas neutral field. I would take them against any team uh, in the NFC. Buffalo and Cleveland. Do you look at that as a game that the Browns blew? That they blew that game? Um, because they were because of the lead early in the game. You're saying that's the yeah. I mean, and like. Couple inches, you know, two shots to go up fourteen to uh, fourteen to three. Few inches short, had control of that game early. Like Josh Allen looked so bad, the Bills looked so shaky. You just let them hang around, and then over sixty minutes, the more talented team because they weren't as dug into as deep of a hole as it clearly should have been in the first you know quarter plus of that game. Yeah, it it you know I I know it's a sixty minute game, but it it just it felt like they had him on the ropes and they and they and they couldn't get the knockout blow. Yeah, I think it's a weird game because I think if you're a Bills fan, you're going to try to take positives out of the whole idea that you had such a weird travel weekend with everything that went on and you still found a way to score more than 30 points and you did it by running the ball and not just running it with Allen. You got ground production from like Singletary and Cook in this game and it looked like Stefan Diggs was ready to fight people. Yeah. And then right before the half, Allen found Diggs for a touchdown. But you trailed big in the game early. You got off to a bad start, which is a negative. And you also just settled for field goals again in the second half, which is an alarming trend for them. Like their streak of being basically 
unable to punch it in consistently in the second half. This is like a month's worth of football. And like they didn't play a good team today. You know, no. the Browns are just waiting for uh for Deshaun Watson to come back. Like they've kind of when when adversity hits for them in games, like we saw against Miami last week, they just pack it in now. So if I'm a Bills fan, I'm not getting that excited. And if I I don't know, I think if I'm a Browns fan, like I'm I'm past the point of like missed opportunities. They've missed so many opportunities this year. I'd be kind of numb to it if I were a Cleveland fan. And I would write it off to having a backup quarterback at the helm. Yeah, but he was good. He got whatever yeah. he wanted through the air yeah. today. Chubb actually was the guy that did nothing in this game. Which- yeah, I mean, that 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 bet's falling apart. <laughs> I that- thought of you when I saw his stat line, like, oh, Danny's rushing crown yeah my 11 to 1 ticket on him to lead the league in rushing I mean Saquon passed him and he had 14 carries for 19 yards today I mean Jacoby Brissett was getting anything he wanted yeah Cooper had two touchdowns yeah yeah um so yeah I mean the the Bills defense was was not impressive in any way I mean in some ways for Cleveland you know you gave up all those draft picks to get to Sean Watson so you may as well win but then when he comes back and he's practicing now like it's just a it's a lost season, and then you just get worried. You you get worried in Cleveland if Deshaun Watson comes back and doesn't look good. I think I think that's when Browns fans actually start to worry. But Buffalo is shaky. Just oh yeah, still still very good. But I mean, first eight weeks we were talking about them as just yeah the deserved odds-on favorite. They 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 are shaky right now. How much of it do you think is Allen's elbow? By the way. How about because that I, became a how about that was just a total non-story where he wasn't even on the injury report all week and like I know. people had forgotten about it. I thought the same thing as you. Yeah. Like that's just gotten pushed off to the side. And now he's gonna have to try to play on a short week against Detroit, which I think what's the line for that game? Like 10? Yeah, well, and Detroit's off three straight wins. Yeah, nine and a half. That nine seems like it's inflated. That seems like it's way too big. Yeah. Based on how Detroit's played. Three um, wins in a row for the Lions. Jets and Patriots. Now, the Patriots sweep the Jets. All four teams are still technically in the playoffs, but this is about the this is about 3-3 and a punt return with seconds left. There's there are there are three things I want to say about this game, and then I'll let you respond. Okay. okay. Number one, Wilson is a fucking asshole and is gonna get murdered by New York media all week. Oh yeah, for the way he acted after the game—that he had nothing to do with them losing. Like, yeah. that's going to get replayed over and over again. The locker room is going to be livid with him. Like, not only did he play like shit, he handled it like a total clown. Number two, Salah has got to fire a special teams coordinator for tell for not telling his punter to punt the ball out of bounds. What are you doing in that situation? The punt return man for the Patriots even said after the game that he just assumed that the punt was going to go out of bounds and didn't think he was going to have a chance to return it. And then the third one is, all that being said, they should have fucking called a block in the back at the end of that return. I'm it should glad have been they no touchdown, and folks should have had in those windy conditions like a 48-yard field goal attempt with seconds left to win the game. That was a that was a blatant missed call there, though. Very blatant uh, block in it, the back. I'll start with that one. I'm... I'm glad they didn't call it because that guy wasn't going to catch him. It 
it was a block in the back, but he wasn't going to catch him. So, And I'm going to tell you something, one more. If it's flipped, I guarantee you they call it. I I mean, I obviously agree If with a that. Jet guy blasts a Patriots special teams player in that play, they're absolutely 100% calling it. They just assume that Patriots players in that situation are always doing the right thing. I, I agree completely. Uh, there's already the report out of New York that Zach Wilson was is not very popular in the locker room because he asked the, was asked the question of like did he feel like he let the defense down and he said no. Yep. Uh, you scored three points, buddy. <laughs> and there were countless dropped interceptions like late in that game that could have effed them even more. Yeah. So the the petulance is not going to go over well in New York. Like I. I respect swagger. I I even dis, uh, respect like swagger that borders on arrogance. Like I always love the story that like Mario Chalmers thought that he deserved to take the last shot on the team that had LeBron and Wade because he had a big one at Kansas. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Like I I, yeah. I do think you need irrational confidence yeah. to be an athlete, and I'm sure it'll come in handy for a quarterback of a New York team. But maybe a little bit of self awareness uh, would be good there. The only thing I have to add to your number of points from the game, because obviously kicking to the returner is idiotic. Patriots just have the best defense in football. Matthew just again, on, baby. Just again, though. Like, and and we're going to get stuck with them in a wild card game. They're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs. I know, but so they're just they're just statistically better than Dallas. They're just better than Denver. They're better than San Francisco. Just Bill Belichick. Once again, I never doubted that about him. I doubted the Patricia Judge thing. I know, but but yeah, but I mean, give the guy his props, man. I know it just there they are once again, winners of three straight plus 44 in the point differential. I've only allowed, let me see, how many teams? Yeah, well, they had the bad game against the Bears, and other than that, the last like five or six games, they've been amazing defensively. The only teams that have allowed fewer points. Uh, Niners and Cowboys. Those are the only two. So they, they fewest points allowed in the AFC. Damn. That's incredible. I was rooting for the Colts today. I wanted Jeff Saturday to go two and oh, I think there's a lot to say about this game. You're right. You drop yeah, all over the place. I, I just keep dropping things. I'm, I'm distracted, but I'm good. Um, I'm here. You know, one of the things I want to say about this game is, again, in the post game, Nick Sirianni, can you get off your fucking high horse about Frank Frank getting right. fired? You yeah. went, you barely beat the Colts. If you blew them out and you wanted to be all high and mighty, you can, you've earned that. But when you squeak by and you're trailing by double digits going into the fourth quarter, shut your mouth about what they did with their coach. They've actually, as a team, they've, they've, they've exceeded expectations and played much better the last two weeks with Saturday. I get that um, Reich is your guy, but no time and place, please. You're in their building. You barely got to win. Stick to the game and shut the F up. Okay, so I didn't like that from Sirianni after the game. It seemed like the type of thing that you would say pregame. Yes, not exactly. Post, not, not, not postgame. That, that, it just seemed like... Kind Was of, he going to say that if they lost? Like It almost sounded rehearsed. Well, that's what I'm, that, that I get his sentiment and like sticking so up for the coaching profession and your friend and all of that, but it, it struck me as the type of thing that you would say on Wednesday when you get ready for the game. Like 
No disrespect to Jeff Saturday. This isn't about him, but I personally am disappointed that I can't go up against yep. my my friend Frank Reich. Like, I don't want to make it a bigger deal than it is, but to do it, like you said, in their building after the game, it's like you're talking about someone else's business. Seemed bizarre. Uh, we've said it all year, though, man. Philly just, like, finds ways to win, and they're, they weren't that impressive today hurts on the ground was impressive he did it in key moments uh and like the diversity of wins continues to impress me but like I said with Dallas not special there's no no team feels special in the NFL with the exception of the Chiefs and we know that they're flawed too well even the Chiefs lost in Indy that was what I was going to say about Philly. I was going to say it, Kansas City went there and lost. And I know that Butker missed kicks or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, that was still a lower scoring game. You don't, you know, if you're Kansas City, it shouldn't come down to your kicker in a game like that. So, you know, I give Philly credit for going on the road and finding a way to win ugly. But this is back-to-back weeks now where their once potent offense has not looked so great from their offensive line. Kelsey had a terrible snap, which hurt a drive at the end there, went over uh, Hertz's head. You know, AJ Brown hasn't been the freak monster player the last couple of weeks. Now the tight ends out. So they have shown some vulnerabilities here over the last couple of weeks. They won one and they lost one, but they're not playing their best football. How much of an outrage do you think it'll be if uh, in the national media, if Saturday gets the gig full time? Oh, oh my God. I'm almost hoping for it now that you said that. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Just for the chaos, just for the anarchy. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know any head coaching candidates like that. So, like, yeah. So, um, you have down for Falcons Bears. You want to get on the Bears offensive coordinator here. So, you watch this game from beginning to end. I only saw some of the highlights. Are you talking about Fields just getting killed and taking unnecessary hits? Is that what the play calling heat is for this yeah. game? Yeah, so like I'm a Luke Getze fan. I think what Luke Getze is yes, doing. Yes, you want to fire Matt Eberflus to correct. keep Luke Getze if push comes to shove. Okay, correct. And I got probably 150 people tweeting at me like, "Oh, I guess Getze's not going to get a head coaching job. Well, you don't have to worry about losing Luke Getze because he had some insane play calls when like the broadcast Moose Johnston was openly talking about how Fields was hurt." And then they're still calling designed QB runs at the end of the game when they're down three late against Atlanta's defense. And it was criminal. Like it, it, it made absolutely no sense. Like if everybody watching knew that Fields was, he yeah. was still scrambling around, but he was not looking to get hit. He was not looking to run. He was looking to extend plays to throw. And he was, he was not himself. The guy had no rushing yards in the second half. Like it was, it was a real, real tough watch, and I don't think he's going to play uh, against the Jets a week from now. He, he oh, ended wow. up getting, yeah, he ended up getting carted uh, to like check on his shoulder. I don't know if it's like an AC joint or like a non-throwing shoulder injury, but he looked like he was in a tremendous oh boy am- amount of pain. So it was it was it was completely reckless uh, given how much pain Fields was in to to do what he did at the end of the game. But I think that Bears fans are completely overreacting to the big picture side of it. Like, he is still going to be on every head coaching list this offseason. 
because the Bears have no talent other than Justin Fields. Like, I'm almost rooting for Trevor Simeon to play this game against the Jets, given how good the Jets' defense is. So, that so you Bears, don't get Fields killed. So that you don't get Fields killed. And so the Bears fans can have a reminder of how good this guy is. Of how good Getsy is and how good Fields is. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yes. like like how good Fields is. Like, we, we need to – the guy is – playing like Superman. I know the yeah. highlights are incredible. They're incredible. And so, and I'm not saying he's a finished product. He's not. He holds onto the ball too long. He still gets happy feet in the How you liking that Claypool trade? It's not looking good. <laughs> it's not looking good. I'd like him to know more than five plays. Uh, but I, if the Bears play the Jets with Trevor Simeon at quarterback – Jets minus four and under 45. It's like a stone cold lock. Yeah. Under under 45 pony might be like a ten thousand dollar bet. Like, <laughs> there's no scenario on this earth where the Bears score more than 17 points against the Jets if Justin Fields doesn't play. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't exist. Is that live right now? You can make that bet even with Fields' uncertainty. Yes, 45 was posted. No, I'm gonna put that in then. It yeah, it's it was posted. I'm in on it. I'm not in it. I'm not in for 10k, but it it is there is no scenario where the Bears score points if Justin Fields doesn't play in that game. Uh Lions and Giants. Yeah. I said on Thursday when you weren't here that the Giants season, by the time people are done with their dessert on Thanksgiving, they're gonna be in real danger of, in my opinion, missing the playoffs. Because I said all it was going to take was the Giants losing to the Lions, which they did, and Washington beating beating Houston. And now it's seven and three, six and five. But if the Giants lose to the Cowboys, they're seven and four, and there's still two games left between Washington and New York. And Washington's getting Chase Young back. He'll play their next game. So and it's Washington's still gonna... won two straight, and Heineke's real and. I think I five and six. Uh, their only loss is the one that they blew late to Minnesota. So, right. you know, this is still going to be a season that is an overwhelming success for the Giants. But, you know, they looked like they were a lead pipe lock to make the playoffs. And I think Washington now, I bet the odds don't reflect it, but I think Washington's actually, I've said this at the beginning of the year, I think they're a good bet now to finish ahead of New York. After what we saw today. I mean, the, the the guys that Daniel Jones is throwing the ball to, I've never fucking heard of. And I and I have a passion for that team. I don't know who these guys are. They just gave Tony away. I mean, it's ridiculous, dude. Well, then he basically didn't play tonight uh for the Chiefs and got hurt. Well, I, I I know that, but I'm just saying you watch yeah. him last week and it's like, holy shit, this guy's a great talent. And you no, just I, gave him away. I know. Uh shout out to my Lions, by the way. Over five and a half from preseason. That, that looks incredible. With back in play. Yeah. Back in play after 100%. winning three straight. Look, looked horrifying early. Back, back in play. More wins already than last year. Dan Campbell not getting fired. Nope. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, man. The, Lions, the the Giants. The Giants are not good, but the season was a success. They should be. Uh, you should be rooting for losses at this point, even though they still could make the playoffs because they're not going to win anything of substance. Do you think? Because I was with my cousins from New York this week. 
couple huge Giants fans, and one of them who I consider to be a very astute sports fan thought it was he was incredulous at the suggestion that they move on from Daniel Jones. Oh my God. He was like, he's like, I'm not saying that you give him a 10-year contract. He's like, but what more do you want the guy to do? He's he's winning with nothing around him. What do you what 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 do they do this offseason at quarterback? I, I mean, he, might, he I, you should text him after this game because he made horrible throws and like yeah. bad interceptions. And this was the first game where the previous year's Daniel Jones kind of showed back. his came up came back. Yeah, I mean, I would not want the Kyler Murray contract if I'm the Giants. I would not want to trade for him. But I said to Gelb on Thursday, I I consider Derek Carr. If I'm a Giants fan, yeah, over Jones, I would do that. Yeah, that makes sense. I just, I mean, I think I think Daniel Jones is maybe the 20 to 25th best quarterback in the NFL. The legs aren't going anywhere. Like if you if they decided to run it back with him and draft somebody on some sort of short deal, it wouldn't completely shock me just for continuity, like if that big swing isn't there. But they were such a mortal lock to fall apart. So they could eat. Well, we said it. They were going to go one and one against the Texans and Lions. We called this. Right, exactly. And then the schedule gets tough. Exactly right. All right, so as we move on here, Pittsburgh-Cincinnati, your game. I wanted to start Bengals because they're still scary to me. Okay, let's do that. Okay. So the AFC has an 8-2 and two Chiefs team, the Titans, Ravens, Dolphins, Bills at 7-3. and three. How many of the 7-3 and three teams would you take the Bengals over? Because for me, it's at least two of the four. Well, we're going to see them play one of them Sunday. They play yep. the Titans. And that's one of them that I would take the Bengals over. Them, yep. them, them and the Ravens for sure. Over the Ravens for sure? Yes. I'm I'm encouraged by that. I'm happy to hear you say that because I did not think you'd get to that place this year. I mean, Baltimore does not seem dynamic in any way, and they are too turnover dependent. And that is not something that is always going to be sustainable, even though they have guys who are ball hawks who have done, you know, like Peters has done it consistently over his career, like Humphrey too. But are you saying to go someplace and win? Or are you saying to cover against those teams? No, to go someplace and win, man, to like make, to make noise in the AFC playoffs. Like if Joe Burrow is going to drop back and pass the ball 45 times and he's doing it with, with his main guys injured today, against a healthy Steelers defense and he's starting to stack good games. Like Joe Burrow is a scary bad motherfucker, oh, man. I know, dude. I know. <laughs> like he, I know. That, that, that guy that guy is not gonna be fun. And this is exactly what happened last year. They were five and four. They got to ten and seven and that was enough to win the division. Now I don't think ten and seven will win the AFC North this year. I think that's gonna get them in is either the six or seven seed. But I honestly think I'd give them, I'd probably right now pick them to beat Buffalo. I would pick them to beat Tennessee. I would not pick them against Miami. 
And I don't think I would pick them against Baltimore, but I would be very tempted to. Yeah, I mean, I take the points against Baltimore, but at the but if I had to pick a winner of that game, I would probably lean Ravens right now. I just I I was thinking about him just like in that exact scenario that you said. What a tough draw it would be, like if the Bills get the two seed, oh yeah, and they got to open up with a wild card weekend game against the Bengals in prime time. And Burrow won't be intimidated by that whatsoever. He'll relish that. He'll love that. Hell no, I As love a, him. I it's, do too. it's so weird as a Steelers fan to say that that I'm in Pittsburgh, but I really like. It's not even the respect. I actually like Joe Burrow. He's cool as shit. <laughs> yeah, he, really he is. is. Yeah. But so your your team, like, again, didn't watch every snap, but the defense was healthy. Pickett had his moments. Pickens had his moments. Pickens had the bad drop late. Like, are Steelers fans able to get to a place of, hey, if we've got our quarterback, play well and lose and then build around yes, him? Yes, but I don't think that that's I, – I, I did not sense that that was their reaction to this game. Because so much work was done in the first half offensively, and then they only scored three. They didn't score really any legitimate points in the second half. Right. They kicked a field goal off in an incredible interception by Watt that set them up on a short field, and then the touchdown was in garbage time. So it was basically an empty second 30 minutes of the game, and then the defense gave up so many points. So I think it'll be a weird day for me tomorrow. I'm not really sure what to expect. But I know after the game, the reaction among fans was not like, say, you guys had after the Dolphins game. It was like, wow, Fields played his ass off when we lost. That's actually a good thing. I did not get that impression at all after this game. So, okay, we'll see. Rams and Saints. Saints win 27-20, but neither team's season matters, right? Right. Do you think... The national shows today that people will be listening to this podcast Monday morning on their way to work, hopefully. Subscribe, rate, review. Do you think the national shows will call for concussion protocol changes? Stafford last game has one, gets cleared two ga- uh, with two days left before this game, then gets a concussion, leaves in this game today? No. I don't either. I don't. You know who actually... it because it wasn't on national TV and it wasn't like vicious like Tua? Is that why? Well, I think that actually the fact that it wasn't vicious should make it more of an issue because he didn't even have to take a bad hit for the concussion symptoms to come back. It looked like a fairly innocuous play and he was rattled by it and he had to leave, which I actually think makes it worse. Like that something that kind of basic caused him to have a relapse of his symptoms. You know who I actually think can make us a bigger story? I don't know if, if, if I don't follow her, but it seems like Stafford's wife has been really outspoken about this stuff. And if like she comes out and pushes the issue, it'll be interesting if that will be what kind of sets the whole thing in motion because when that play happened and he left the game today, I did not see any of the national, like people that that can really kind of set the narrative and kind of make topics big discussion points. I didn't see anybody latch on to what you just said 
at and all. And it, 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 it seemed to me like the discussion would be, should it be, if you are diagnosed with a concussion, you have to miss one week minimum, right? Well, like he it, did miss a week. He didn't play last week. Wolford played. Right. But so like when you get cleared, but so, so I guess so like going forward, right? Like, so he gets pulled from this game. Does he have to miss next week? It, it, you know what I mean? Like it, it feels yeah. like that, that's where this might be going with, with these types of things. It, but I'm with you. I, I saw it. I'm like, he was cleared two days ago. Then that innocuous play happens. Then he gets pulled. It just, I think that on top of Tua, on top of, I mean, he's a high-profile player. I don't know, man. I feel like that could be a rule change that happens at the end of this. If it's flipped and they're seven and three instead of three and seven, I guarantee you it's a much bigger story. I just feel like if the game was on TV, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like if if if, if that game was Romo and Nance or, or Thursday night or something like that, never. Yeah, watched right. I, I honestly like I I, I think it be, it's a huge story. And listen, maybe we'll be wrong. Maybe maybe it'll be in the A block, a part of the interruption tomorrow. But it won't be. I, I don't think it will be either. I don't think it will be either. So you said something about Cincinnati over Baltimore. And the reason why, and they and I watched most of that game today. It was not easy for Baltimore. It was 3-3 for most of that game. Yeah. And they were inept offensively. But once they pulled away late, thanks to a Marcus Peters forced fumble, they set a stat on that broadcast that I think I'd forgotten that reminded me of what that team had accomplished to this point in the season. Did you know that they've had a double-digit lead in every single game? No. Every game. And their losses are Miami, Buffalo, New York. Yes. Every game they've led by double digits. Wow. You could make the case, and I know today they didn't really play well, but they still won convincingly. You can make the argument that they haven't played a bad game all year. Yeah. They had one bad quarter against Miami. You could say they had a bad half against Buffalo, second half, even though you know that was kind of a weather game. And they had like a bad fourth quarter against the Giants. But other than that, they've been a front-running team or they've just been the better team in every game. This win streak is not particularly impressive. Three points over Cleveland, five points over Tampa, Saints and Panthers. So no. Yeah, I mean, they they only play one more team with a winning record, and that's the Bengals the last week of the season. Right. It's going to be a tough team to evaluate. Um, Well, you know what would make that easier? If they won the rest of their games and got the one seed, which could easily happen. You think that they could go 14 and three? Yeah. Jacksonville, I'm just looking at it. At Jacksonville, home against Denver, at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland with Deshaun, home against Atlanta, home against Pittsburgh in Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. So is that a, what, what's the best way to, to make money on this? Bet, bet them to be the one seed right now? Well, just bet, you could also just bet their over win total, just which is probably over. at like 10 and a half or 11 and a half or something like that, I would think. I yeah. mean, their defense, now that Roquan Smith is there, you watched him. 
their defense has a chance to be really, really good. Wow, they're minus 470 to win the AFC North. Yep. Wow. Um, Ronnie Stanley left that game with an injury, so their left tackle is dinged up again. But they've, man, I mean, they've learned how to play without him. He's been injury plagued the last couple of years. Like, they don't blow me away. And I was skeptical of them at the beginning of the year, Danny, but they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. And that's pretty much all they have left, other than Cincinnati the last week of the season. And who knows what the t- who knows what Cincinnati will be playing for when they get there. They might just be locked into a wild card spot or something. They could mail that game in. Yeah, no, you're. you're I mean, it's it's not a. And I mean, they could thir- thirteen and four could flirt with the one seed. Yeah, you know, the, even even with the one loss. So yeah, it's. I just I the little I saw of that game, and then you read about it afterwards, like needing all of those turnovers to put away a Baker Mayfield led Carolina team. That's one of the sorriest teams in the league. <laughs> There's just not, not much eye test there for, for, for the Ravens today, but sur- survive in advance. They are absolutely uh, still alive. So now we get to, it's not a great day, but okay. In the game between two teams in the division that had hope, had hype. And now I think both coaches should be fired Broncos and Raiders. Did Josh McDaniels need that win? Or what do you think happens with these coaches here? Going Not forward? really, because apparently Mark Davis is cash poor <laughs> and can't afford to fire Mar- uh, McDaniels and said this week that he thinks McDaniels is actually doing a really good job. Yeah, well, that's insane. But he is insane. So, you know, I when he says that, I actually expect him to keep his word. So other people might fire Josh McDaniels. You know, I could actually see McDaniels I mean, the way he weaseled his way out of Indianapolis, maybe he tries to leave on his own volition. Who knows? I mean, you want to talk about quirky guys. Well, if he does that, he never gets a head coaching job again. Yeah, because Belichick's just going to try to get his son as the next head coach in New England. I mean, he's just, he's not good. Yeah. Well, I always kind of thought he was just going to wait for Belichick to retire and then take that job. But I guess McDaniels probably figures... Belichick's got another five years in him or something and is just going to try to get Steve Belichick to be the head coach there. Yeah, but I mean, would you hire Josh McDaniels to coach your NFL team if you're Robert Kraft? No. No. there's He's, he's not impressive. And Nathaniel Hackett, man, I know I said fire him after week one. but That was awfully clairvoyant. He is going to get fired. I can't believe it hasn't happened yet. They haven't scored more than 23 in a game all season. They're the worst red zone offense I've ever seen in my entire life. He's already stripped himself of play calling. Yes, he gave it to, and he already hired somebody else to do game management. So what does he actually do now? What I'm saying, like, again, 10 games into his head, head coaching career, he hired someone else to do clock management, and he hired a Kubiak to, to call plays. He's got a quarter of a billion dollar quarterback and he can't score more than 23 points. And he's got Russ Wilson calling out Seattle plays and everybody's like, dude, what are you talking about right now? With a top three defense in the league and the new owners who paid more money for their team than any franchise ever didn't hire him. Like he, he is done dead man walking. Do you think they'll just promote the defensive coordinator to head coach? I don't know what they'll do. I mean, I would think that if you're the Walton family and you're certainly not cash poor like Mark Davis, like you, but that defensive you, coordinator is going to be in big demand. I mean, just huge demand. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I I understand, but my guess is that they will think about it. And why don't they just hire? Why don't they just keep the defensive coordinator around and pay him like a head coach? They're the fucking Waltons. Yeah, get a head coach and then just keep the defensive coordinator for that head coach and pay him, you know, two million dollars or whatever to be the defensive coordinator. That's what I would do. Yep, if I was that rich, pay him more than that. Yeah. There's no salary cap on coaches, so it's a great market inefficiency if you're willing to do it. But, yeah, I I don't know what they'll do. I mean, I'm sure everyone's list is going to start with Sean Payton, but I wouldn't particularly be interested. Uh, but I just think that that is, that is a fairly obvious spot. Uh, and they could have won the game. They had the clock management thing at the end, too. Just – yep. Take a sack and the ball and, and and the clock runs off forty seconds and maybe Jacob still breaks it but I mean come on it was it was incompetent absolutely incompetent um okay Taylor Heineke named the starter Washington and Houston here we know Geno's played his way into a contract yep is there any chance that Taylor Heineke winner of a couple of games here plays his way into being a week one starter next year on an NFL team that drafts a quarterback. Yes. I think that, I think you just phrased it exactly right. I think that's the scenario even it could be in Washington. Yep. Where that happens. Um, yeah. I think like his stats never really, if you just look at his numbers, they don't really do much for you. But if you actually watch the highlights from the games, he makes critical throws. He makes big plays when the game's on the line. And I think that's going to keep him afloat as one of these guys, kind of like as a Case Keenum, Ryan Fitzpatrick type. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you on that. I saw some of that game today. And I thought to myself, is Houston the type, this is, this is just me talking now. If I'm CJ Stroud, Okay. I am telling my agent, I'm not, I won't play for the Texans. If I'm one of these top quarterbacks, I don't want to start my career with Lovey Smith and he's, he's going to get fired. Well, that, okay. But I'm just saying, like, they had a, like, a televangelist running their team up until like six months ago. Their owner is a total kook. Like, you got to use your, I would think, you got to give yourself the best chance of being a great pro. I would leverage my ass off to not want to go there. Like, they are by, like, I don't see any, oh, cab space or whatever, draft picks. I don't care. I just don't trust the organization at all. No, it's a terrible organization. Fun city. Uh Diverse city, right? Are you saying that because we went to a strip club there together? Is that why you're saying fun city? And yeah. diversity is yeah. that what you're basing that, it on. That is what I'm saying. That is exactly what I'm basing it on. <laughs> did you not have a fun time that night? I had a great I time. I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah that was a great time. Uh yeah, they're the they're the they're the type of team, the type of organization that you'd that you do it to. But I think because of all the draft picks that they have from the Deshaun Watson mess, like you hire a good coach and you get the number one pick in the draft and you get a good quarterback. You know how the NFL is. And the AFC South, not a bad division to go into. Like not, there's not, there's not, you know, you're not getting drafted into the AFC West, yeah. The NFC West, like it's not, not a, not a terrible path. 
to get past, you know, Indian Jackson. Yeah, but I care more about the players that are around me and the coaching that I'm going to get. And I just don't. I just I just don't think it's going to be lovey. I listen, man, I, I hear you and I, I'm all for player empowerment. I, I'm actually shocked it doesn't happen more. Yeah. You know, just given how many things, how many times we've seen it happen uh, in in other sports. So can I just more, say one thing about the Monday night game? Oh, yeah, sure. Between Arizona and um, and San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, what if Colt McCoy looks good again? Well, that <laughs> what if Colt McCoy looks good again? Because I think there's a chance there if something like that were to happen. They from do. what I've heard, what I, from what I've heard, the GM is set. The GM's not going anywhere. The GM's in with the Bidwells. Kime's not going to get fired. But is there a scenario in which Kingsbury can talk management and talk the owner? into trading Murray and like going with McCoy slash rookie quarterback. I mean, I would think no, I would think not, man. You, you, you were also the guy like saying that Cooper rush had a shot over Dak. Like when teams pay these guys huge money, the quarterback gets the job back. It's just, Okay, but the, the Cowboys did not put a study clause into Dak's contract. There's no, the not owner, the owner said he wanted a quarterback competition. Yeah, but you said that that was drunk Jerry just trying to it, get it, people it, like me worked up, and it and it was successful. I mean, that's right. But I just I who's trading for Kyler Murray in that contract? What are you giving up? Would you give up one first round pick for Kyler Murray? I would, me personally, I would not, but, but I do think he's the type of like raw talent that I feel like there's a team that would be like, let's get him, my offensive mind, my system. Like, here's one for you. Okay. Just a quick aside here. If you gave Mike McDaniel truth serum serum and said, you could have Kyler Murray or Tua. I think he'd pick Kyler Murray. The arm strength, the mobility. Yeah, I tend to agree Those weapons, you. exactly. I tend to agree with you. So I think that somebody would trade for that contract, yes. I don't think they'd give up, you know, the Deshaun Watson draft pick package or the Russell Wilson package. I think teams have kind of learned their lesson. But I think somebody would absolutely trade for that deal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I don't know that I'd give up a first round pick for it. He he's obviously young. He's obviously talented, but I would not be interested. Would Arthur Smith in Atlanta, who's obsessed with running quarterbacks, do that? He might. I mean, I I'm just, just saying. Draft, just draft someone if you're them. But I mean, I the guy's gonna be a starter in the league for 10 years, right? So he he, he doesn't suck, but I wouldn't want him at that size on that contract. And generally speaking. Dak, Cousins, Russell Wilson, like it, the the quarterbacks who got paid all that money, they they keep their jobs, and it's the coaches that that get fired. But I'll root for the chaos with you. Do you what do you think of the Thanksgiving slate? Because Love it. I think it's the best in years. 
I was thinking the same thing, man. I think the Detroit win today really helped it out by going into this on a three-game winning streak. I think New England beating the Jets, even though it was super ugly, helped it too. I mean, there's really not a quote-unquote bad team playing on Thanksgiving. And even though the lines are big in the first two games, and that has a chance in both cases to be you know blowout games or bad games, I think the anticipation going in for all three is outstanding. I mean, it's a huge Giants game. Like, yes. huge, huge game for the Giants fan base. So, so Cowboys-Giants I, on Thanksgiving in the middle of the day is amazing. I, and I, I mean, I honestly think the team that has the, the least amount to lose on Thanksgiving is Minnesota. Maybe not in terms of, like, you know, media or fan perception, but everybody else, I think, has a ton to play for. You know, if Detroit were to win, they'd be five and six and it'd be like, all right, it's hard to come up with seven teams in the NFC. Can we get to nine and make it interesting? Can we get to nine and eight and take our chances? You know, Buffalo's trying to keep up with Miami and Kansas City. Dallas is trying to keep up with Philadelphia. The Patriots are trying to make the playoffs. Minnesota's got such an inflated record and the rest of their division is so bad and we don't think they're going to get the one seed, that like they can actually fritter away another game like this, and it really does not make that big of a difference for them. Other than people like us will say they're overrated. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. like Because, yeah, they're not getting the one seed. They, they lost to Philly straight up. So, I mean, yeah, they unless they think the two seed versus the three seed matters. Who's the three seed, though? The NFC West champion? You think the Niners can run them down? The Bucks aren't going to do that. Yeah, they're, pr- they're pretty much locked in as the two. Yeah, that's true. Is that right? Is that how? Yeah, it's all the division seeds. Yeah, at the top? Like, like if Dallas. Yeah, the best. Yeah, the best the NFC East runner-up can do is the fifth seed. Is the or fifth the, seed? Uh, yeah, that, yep. that's right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, also, so which, which teaser leg is gonna is gonna lose? Buffalo, Dallas, or New England up? Because right now it's Buffalo minus nine against Detroit, Dallas minus eight and a half. So the most popular teaser of the week is going to be the seven point Bills Cowboys teaser, and then you could do the the Patriots up over three and seven to uh, to nine and a half because they're a two point favorite. So if I gave you a three team teaser, Bills minus two, Cowboys uh-huh. minus one and a half, Patriots plus nine and a half for the three team seven point Thanksgiving day teaser, which leg loses that game for you? I'll tell you this. It's not the Cowboys. They're going to boat race the giants. Uh, so you're saying new England's the third leg. Yeah. Well, you know how people like to I tease, think, tease I think across them. three and seven. I think them. So you think, you think the Vikings have a double digit win in them? Yeah, I do. Okay. But I think that's going to be a very popular bet on, on Thanksgiving. I love I love doing the the parlay across all three games on Thanksgiving. Oh, so do I. I like I can't lie. To you. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I looked at that like five times today. Yeah. You know what else? You know what else is really degenerate? I also looked at doing that for like World Cup games tomorrow morning. Good for you. That's not how bad is that. 
No, nah, it's a gambling event. It's an. I mean, it's like the dude. Uh, I don't even know if we can say we can say their name, right? They're an offshore. They don't advertise. You know about Pinnacle, obviously. Yes. You saw their limit on on World Cup games is five hundred k. I respect the hell out of that man. <laughs> what a book! What an um, offshore establishment. Yeah, I that was is- watching the Qatar Ecuador game at a Waffle House on Sunday. Good. That's a fun sentence. Yeah, that is a fun sentence. Danny, it was great to have you back. We really did miss you. I had to do this by myself on last Sunday, and and Spencer will attest to this. I just flat out, straight up forgot games and had to shoehorn them in last second. (laughs) Listen, I appreciate appreciate, uh, you and Spencer covering. uh, If anyone is still listening, uh, they were excused absences. My my pops passed away. Yeah, we've been thinking about you. Thank you, man. It's been a it's been a very very hard time for the family, but um, it's uh, it's good to be back. This is like take therapy, you know. Got to got to. Is this the first show you've done? Yeah. Well, it's an honor. I think you did great. Well, thank you. I wouldn't even say all things considered. I think like people are going to be surprised and you know saddened and also uh, empathetic to hear you say all this at the end if they did make it this far i know that some people do get this far into the podcast because nick was upset with me for last week's show and actually cold called my regular radio show what did you do to rip me for stuff he just went after me for like some chief stuff and Steelers stuff yeah How, who won the who won the argument um i think i let him win you yeah. to be honest with you well, he's our number one fan. Yeah, I don't have the I don't have the gumption really to like go after Nick. Oh well. You know one, that makes one of us. I haven't heard you get into an argument with him in a long time. What are you guys fighting about? Anything? Just who to blame for which bet we lose <laughs> any given Sunday. But he's been killing it, man. Do you see that single game parlay? He hit in Chiefs Jaguars. I did actually, and I heard him go into painstaking detail about how he hit that parlay, and I was very happy for him. Thirty-two thousand on a what 40, a legend he is on a forty-to-one bet. Guys, just bet an eight hundred dollars on forty-to-one. Yeah, shot. that was actually my <laughs> biggest takeaway from that too. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Living large. TV yeah. is what he's doing. <laughs> lots and lots of TV. All right, Danny, we'll talk uh, We'll talk after the Thanksgiving games, okay? All right, man. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Shout you out too. to Nick Wright. Shout out to our producer, Spencer Ray. Subscribe, rate, review. Share this pod with someone who loves football. Every game, every team, every week. It's first and five. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 